thanks, thanks for being with us this summer and just hanging out. It's been an awesome summer. It's been busy. There's lots of stuff going on. I appreciate each and every one of you that take time out of your Sundays to come worship with us. I know there's a lot going on over the summer that we could be other places doing other things, but I think it's awesome when we come together and take the time to worship Jesus and let his love move among us. Uh, I pray that each one of us, that when we were worshiping this morning, that you felt his touch and experienced his love uh, because the love that he has for us is boundless and it's hard to describe, but you know it when you feel it and it overwhelms you sometimes. So uh, thanks for worshiping with us. Hopefully you've been working on accomplishing some things this summer. You set some goals for yourself. Uh, the buckets are still out in the foyer. And in, in a couple weeks here on the 9th of September, we're going to have, I don't know what we're going to do yet, but we're going to do something to celebrate. If you, put a, if you moved a stick, if you accomplished a goal this summer, we're going to do something to celebrate it in two weeks. So come ready to do that. And if you haven't finished your goals, there's still time. The rest of the summer is left to, to accomplish them. And then uh, next week, if you're, if you're wanting to invite some people or get some people to come along, we're going to start a new series next week on families. Uh, it's called No Place Like Home. So I think it's going to be a worthwhile journey of what God does in the midst of our families and what he wants it to look like. Uh, but today we're going to finish up our hero series. Thank you for all being here for this series. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, you're a hero. Yeah. Man, I actually feel like you believe that a little more than the first time we did it four weeks ago. Look, look at somebody else now on the other side of you and tell them that same thing. Say, you are a hero. Like, say it like you mean it. We've, we've used this series to remind ourselves that God can use each one of us. You don't have to have a special background. You don't have to have gone to a certain school. You don't have to be from a certain side of town. God wants to use each one of us and make us a hero. And he does that. We can say that we are heroes in the kingdom because Jesus lives in us. His Holy Spirit empowers us just like you would see the superheroes in the movies that the Avengers or Batman versus Superman if you're a DC person, but the Avengers are really where it's at. Just like you see those guys on the screen, God's Spirit gives us superpowers. And, and we might look like ordinary people walking through life, but we have the treasure of all time of the universe dwelling inside of us to share with people and to impact their lives, to do supernatural things. God takes ordinary people and makes them heroes. And so each week during this series, we focused on something that heroes do. Uh, the first week we said, heroes fill people with courage. I hope you got an opportunity to do that to somebody around you. Uh, then we said, heroes rescue people, because we have the rescuer living in us. And then last week, our friend Gina from Tanzania, she shared about heroes do their part. So I'm trusting that you spent some time with the Lord this week, asking him, what's my part? What can I engage with at the church, in the kingdom, in my, in my workplace to show show people your life living through me. And today, just to wrap up this series, there's something I think that we all need to be reminded of. And I think heroes do this very well. Heroes overcome their past. Heroes overcome their past. If you are alive, if you're breathing, if you're in this place, if you're in the splash zone in the nursery this morning, and you've only been alive for a couple weeks or a couple months, you have a past. You have a history, you have events and circumstances, things that have happened to you, things that you've done that have shaped who you are. We each have a past. And every one of us, if we go around this room, we would, we would hear stories. Every one of us has good, bad, and ugly in our past. No, nobody has a perfect past. Nobody's exempt from having the, 
bad things that happened to them or stupid choices we've made, even sinful choices in our past. We all have a past, things that we brag about, things that we would be embarrassed to tell anybody else in the room. Come on, you're, you're not alone in having all of those things in your story and in your past. I, I don't think just the bad things are bad parts of our past. Sometimes, uh, do you ever meet somebody that they're walking in pride because of their past? Man, look at what I've accomplished and what I've done. Sometimes that can be just as bad as the, as the bad things that have happened to us in our past. Uh, I had that experience when I went to college. I, the first semester of college, I thought, this is easy. Like all this stuff that we have, I, I saw this in high school already because I took all these AP classes and I'm thinking, oh, college is going to be a breeze. And I, I really got in this mode of, My past was hindering me because I thought, I can do this on my own. It's no problem. I don't need to study. I don't need to do anything. How many of you know that didn't go real well? (laughs) Uh, let's, Let's just say my second semester of college was not quite up to the standards of the first semester, and that's where we'll leave that story. Of course, I guess I could tell because mom's back with the kids this morning. I could, I could tell more, and I don't have to worry about my mom going, what? I didn't know that. Um, We all have a past, though. Whether it's good or bad or ugly, there's things in there. And if we don't deal with it wisely, if we don't deal with our past wisely, it can be one of the main things that holds us back from being a hero, from doing everything that God wants us to do. Come on, think about it. Batman could have given up and said, I'm an orphan. I'll just chuck it in. I don't have to do anything else. Superman could have been depressed because his whole planet blew up. He didn't have any family. There's, there's things in our past that if we don't deal with it well, it holds us back from doing heroic things in the kingdom and doing what God wants us to do. So how does that translate to Christians? How do we deal with our past well? Well, uh, first of all, I want you to know there is a real enemy. There, there is somebody roaring around that wants to devour you. There is a real enemy that is opposing us. Obviously, his name is Satan, the devil. Uh, if he can talk us out of being a hero, then he doesn't have to do anything else. He, he gets a little victory there. If, if all he can do is say, hey, you'll never amount to anything. God can't use you. Think about what's in your past. If he can win that battle and keep us from even thinking that we're a hero, thinking that we could do anything for Jesus, then he wins a little bit. And I don't know about you, but I don't want him to win at all. I've got three people that agree with me. I, I don't want the devil to win at all. All right? Jesus already defeated him as well as anybody could ever beat anybody. Better than Andrea and I won at Cornhole yesterday. More thorough than that victory. Jesus defeated Satan for all time. And I would like to help Jesus get what he paid for. Okay? There, there is a victory that he won that any time I give the devil even a foothold or a toehold in my life, I'm shortchanging the victory that Jesus accomplished on the cross. And so I would like for each one of us in this room, for the devil never to be able to talk you out of being a hero. Because that's, that's kind of his job. If you look up in scripture, uh, he's referred to as our enemy. Come on, I, I, I think I need to say this every time. I don't know why I feel that. Have you ever seen the picture, uh, it circulates on the internet sometimes, people post it online, of Jesus and the devil arm wrestling? Have you ever seen that picture? Good. Some of you are shaking your head like, no, you haven't seen it. I hate that picture because Jesus and the devil aren't in an arm wrestling match. They are not equally equal opponents that are fighting over us. Jesus already defeated the devil, and Scripture says that the devil is our enemy, looking for who he can convince and who he can devour, who he can get to live below what Jesus has offered us in terms of abundant life. 
And so he's our enemy, and his name's Satan. If you study this in scripture, the Hebrew word and the Greek word literally mean adversary or accuser. So it's somebody that's accusing you, saying, you're not worth anything, you can't do this, look at what you've done in your past, you'll never amount to anything. He is the accuser, that's his job, and he's actually pretty good at it. Has anybody ever heard that accusing voice come into your life, and, it, and it's, it's like, wow, sometimes it's so subtle, you don't even recognize when it's coming in. But if we give him any place at all, he'll talk us out of being who Jesus created us to be. His main method that he uses to accuse us is he refers to our past and tries to get us to live there and define ourselves by what's happened previously in our lives. Our failures, our flaws, the things that, hey, you didn't do such a good job. Look at you and your own strength. You're worthless. And if we stay there, we really will be worthless. But we need to confront him and say, what did Jesus do in my life? Uh, As a side note, Anytime we keep bringing up someone else's failures and their flaws and their past, do you know who you really sound like? Ouch. Yeah, that's, thank you for that ouch. That wasn't an amen moment, that was an ouch moment. Anytime we say things that dwell on people's past, their failures, their sins, their shortcomings, we actually sound more like the accuser than we sound like God. So I I think that's part of why we come together as the church, because we need to be speaking to each other the same things that Jesus speaks to us, and not the things that that the devil does. Because I think unchecked human nature tends to focus on shortcomings and failures and flaws. And that's part of what the Holy Spirit helps us to get out of the flesh and start walking in the Spirit. So if you've ever felt like you're unworthy or unable, you're not alone. Uh, See see if some of these things, if these voices sound familiar to me or to you, because they all sounded familiar to me. I guess that's that's where I made my own list. You can make your list and see if these uh, things sound familiar to you. But uh, you didn't go to the right school. Maybe you didn't even finish school because you're stupid. You don't understand. You, you'll never be able to comprehend what they're talking about. You're just an angry hothead. You drink too much. Come on, you cheated on your taxes. Anybody ever hear these voices that just keep coming and accusing you? You're terrible at handling money. You fight with your spouse all the time. How could you ever do anything in church or stand up in front of somebody and tell them you love Jesus because you don't even get along with your spouse at home? Come on, if we keep going, we'll, we'll eventually hear the voices that we all hear. Yeah, you, you lied to that person. Come on, you, my, my wife just asked me, does this dress make me look fat? Of course I'm going to lie. Like, oh. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically speaking. Come on, there, there are things that we've done in our past that we begin to hear those voices of the accuser saying, this is how you're defined, this is who you are, and you'll never be able to do anything for God. You come to church during this series this summer, and you're sitting there thinking, I, why is he talking about being a hero? I could never be that because I've done that. And true heroes overcome their past. They, they reckon it, they own it, but they say, you know, I'm not going to stay there, I'm not going to live there, I'm going to move forward. <sighs> I was, as Pam was up here talking after worship, and this, I didn't even know where to put this in my notes, but she started talking about we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and I think there's something in the natural to that, 
that, that when somebody is, is about to give birth, that there's a baby in there, that the Lord sees the baby in the womb and he's knitting it together and he's fearfully and it's wonderfully created. And I think he does that spiritually and corporately. There's things he's doing in the church. He's knitting us together. There's something fearfully and wonderfully being made here at New Life Fellowship. I think he does that individually in our lives where he puts a calling and a passion inside of us and he's knitting it together. It's being fearfully and wonderfully created before anybody even sees it. You may have a season where you're sitting there and there's just something stirring in you and God's working on it and developing it. And as we were singing those songs and Pam was up here talking this morning, I I really felt like there were some people in the room that you're living with regrets because you feel like you've aborted what God wanted to do in your life. What he was knitting together, that calling, that passion that he put inside of you. You did something that you're just thinking, he'll never use me because... I killed it. Like, it's not going to come to pass in my life because of the things I've done. The things I've done, the things I've said, what I've, the decisions I've made. And I really felt like, as we're singing it, I don't have time to live with those regrets. And I just, I just want to say, I just really felt this strong urge this morning that the Lord says you're released from that guilt and that pressure. I can't even imagine, like, in, just in the natural the things that, that women deal with if they've ever had a, an abortion in the natural, the guilt and the shame, the things that come along with that, that it takes years sometimes to get healed from that and to get over that. And it's the same thing with what God places inside of us with gifts and talents and dreams that sometimes we feel like I've aborted that and it'll never come to pass. And I just feel like the Lord's saying, you can be released to move forward. He can still use you. He still loves you. It doesn't change his heart for you. He wants you to be a hero in the kingdom. And part of the way we do that is we overcome our past. And we don't let the accuser force us to live there in our past. Here's, here's some of the company with you're, you're with this morning. If you've ever felt like you're unworthy, like you can't do it, uh, there was a guy in the Bible named Moses. Uh, Moses... His claim to fame before he even led anybody out of the captivity, his claim to fame was that he killed somebody and was scared and ran away to go hide in the desert. Come on. Does that sound like... I I think about these things in terms of church sometimes, so it makes me laugh or gives me little insights, but I think if somebody came to the office on, on, on the weekday and said, hey, I'd like to apply for a position at your church, and... My, my past history includes murder and escape and running away. Would that be the first person we would hire? I, I got one no. The rest of you are like, I don't know, Pastor Chris. You might find a little space for that guy. Come on, I, I would think, what are you doing at a church? You ought to be in prison. Like, there's, there's all these other things that would come into my mind besides, wow, God really could use you to do something fantastic. And here's Moses, who killed somebody, was afraid of Pharaoh, ran to hide, and God says, you're my guy. And he says, I'm going to raise you up to lead my people out of captivity. And and Moses went on to, not not only did he lead the people of captivity, uh, I think it would be really easy to lead people into a promised land and say, hey, look at all the bounty we have. He actually led God's people through the wilderness. And, and dealt with their complaining uh, to the point where, I think it's in numbers, it refers to Moses as the most humble person who ever lived. But it started out, he was a murderer and ran away because he didn't want to face it. There was another guy in the Bible named David. Very, very similar resume to Moses, uh, but his started out with he had an affair. 
And to cover up his affair, he actually had the lady's husband killed. Come on, this, this is like straight out of the mob. This is something that you would see, oh, that's, that's in a movie I watched one time. He had an affair and then he had a guy killed. David did that. And yet twice in scripture it refers to David as God says, this is a man after my own heart. No, never does it say, hey, let's, you know, we're talking about David in the New Testament and all the authors say, oh yeah, but he was a scoundrel and a cheat and a murderer. They all say, David accomplished everything that God had for him to do in his generation. He was a man after God's own heart. And it started out with a past that none of us would want to own. But to be a hero, he overcame his past. He expanded the kingdom. He set up his sons. What am I saying with this? I'm not encouraging you to go out and kill anybody. Right. <laughs> like, like, that's not a prerequisite for God using you, okay? To, to do something great for God, I'm not saying go out and, and try to figure out how much, can, how much sin can I pack in so I'll have a better testimony before God can use me. I'm just saying your past doesn't hinder you. It doesn't disqualify from God using you in the future. Because all these guys in the Bible that you see, their checkered past and the things that they did that you'd be ashamed of, the common thread that they had that God used them is they went out of their way to cultivate a relationship with God. And they believed what God said about them more than they believed what they had done in their past. And that's the same way we need to be with our past to overcome it. They, they knew God, they had a relationship with him, and they realized, you know, God is a forgiver, a redeemer, and a hero maker. And who does that? He does that for each one of us. Whatever we've done in the past, whatever we've, we've been ashamed of, what we've been embarrassed by, the mistakes we've made, the things that we would like to sweep under the rug, we need to know, we need to cultivate such a relationship with God that we know him in that way. My God is a forgiver. My God can take what I've done in the past and redeem it and create a future. My God can make me a hero. And that's what he wants to do with each one of us in this room. And he does it by making us new creations. He does it by redeeming our past. God doesn't, God doesn't even relate to you based on the old you. That's good news right there. I don't know what you've got in your past, the things that you've done, but God doesn't even relate to you based on the old you. He sees a new creation that looks like Jesus. Here's, in, in superhero speak, Clark Kent is gone and only Superman is left. There's, some of you are thinking, I don't believe you, Pastor Chris. I, I know what I did. It's, I carry it around on my back all the time. I feel the weight of it. Clark Kent is gone and only Superman is left. And that's how Jesus relates to you based on your new nature. Here's what he did with it. In Galatians chapter 2, uh, here's a verse for you. that we, It's very common. We quote it all the time. But do we really think about the implications of it? Paul says in Galatians 2, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Like even before we read the rest of it right there, that's what happened to the old you. That's, that's what happened to all the stuff that was in the past, the stuff before you knew Jesus, even some of the stuff that you've done after you knew Jesus. It's all in the past. And he says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. And he says, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Who we used to be 
is dead and the hero himself is living in us. Come on, I don't know about you, but if, I think if we really wrapped our heads around that, we would live completely transformed lives. Like God himself, the creator of the universe, the one that flung the stars out into the sky, the one that sent his son that came in the flesh and died on the cross, God himself is living in us, Paul says. He's experiencing and interacting with his creation through us. That, I, that's one, if you think about it hard enough, it makes your head hurt. And I don't know if I would have planned it that way, but when we realize who it is that we carry in us and who it is that's living through us, we have been crucified with Christ and we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. And because of that, the Father talks to us like he would talk to Jesus. Sometimes we're, we're wondering, like, did I hear God? I'm feeling, like, if you're feeling accused, that's not God's voice. If you're feeling like, oh, I need to dwell in the past and live there, that's not God's voice. The Father actually speaks with us because Jesus is living in us. The Father speaks to us the same way he would speak to Jesus. And sometimes we have a hard time grasping that because we look in the mirror and we see the things we do and we think, I don't look a lot like Jesus. But that's what he wants us to hear is his voice speaking to him. It it doesn't matter what you feel or what you see because he looks at you and sees Jesus. And he begins to interact with us that way. He begins to say things like, you're my beloved son or daughter. I'm well pleased in you. I have a plan for you. I love you. There are things that we need to hear in our lives that help us to overcome our past. This, This is a key to being a hero this morning. Embrace who God says you are more than anything else that could define you. That's, that's, a, that's a good key to write down. If you need to write that down, put it on your mirror. If you need to remember it, if you need to, to rehearse it in your mind, the key to being a hero, overcoming your past, is to embrace who God says you are more than anything else that could ever define you. In, on the other side of the cross, we talk about Moses, we talk about David. On the other side of the cross, there was a guy that, that really got a hold of this. He got a hold of this truth that Jesus is living in him. Uh, he was a guy who really wanted to follow God. He wanted to do what was right. He, uh, he hated wickedness. He really wanted to see everybody follow the rules. He went to ministry school. He was excited about what he wanted to do for God. He was very zealous. But he didn't realize that all of his stuff, because he was doing it in his own effort, was causing him to become hard-hearted and religious. And instead of trying to know God... He loved the rules more than he loved God. And it made him a very angry man. He wasn't a guy that was pleasant to be around. He wasn't somebody that you wanted to invite over to dinner. And his name was Saul. And in spite of all that stuff, he even got to the point where he began to persecute Christians. He began to kill them and give approval to them being killed. In spite of all that stuff, God said, you're my guy. I'm going to use you to evangelize the whole known world, to turn the world upside down for me in spite of your past and because of your past. Come on. There there are things in your past that will actually benefit you to talk about and to reach people that God would use you in a way that I could never be used. I, I did not... I did not, I'm thankful now, almost 49 years old, I'm thankful. I never, I never did the tattoo and the piercing thing. It would look pretty bad, wouldn't it? Like at this age and saggy, saggy tattoos, come on. But there are people 
that look like that, that love Jesus, that they can reach a culture that I could never reach. And, they, and God will do it because of who they are and their past that shaped them up to that point. There are people that God will use that I could never reach people that they could reach. And that's exactly what he did with Saul. He changed his name to Paul. If, if you study it out, Saul meant, uh, the, the name Saul, you could paraphrase it. Saul's name literally meant, I'm kind of a big deal. And the name Paul literally meant, I'm not really a big deal at all. And that was the change that happened. He had this encounter with Jesus that humbled him, that gave him a little bit of humility, and it changed his name from I'm such a big deal to I really, I'm I'm boasting in my weakness because that's when his power is made perfect. And that's the kind of encounter we need to have that, that it can happen to us too. God gave him a new identity and he does that for us and he turns us into heroes. Uh, here's, here's a great verse in Philippians chapter 3 uh, about Paul's life and the things that he looked at in his past. He says, yet all of the accomplishments that I once took credit for, like, hey, I made that happen. I went to school. I'm the most learned person. I've got this pedigree. All of the stuff that I took, once took credit for, I've now forsaken them. And I regard it all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. Come on, there was something about the past and all the stuff that it didn't measure up to knowing Jesus. Come on, he delighted in experiencing. There was something about that relationship that was real to him and it was worth more than anything that had happened in his past. Verse 8 says, To truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. It's like a pile of manure to me now so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as Lord in all of his greatness. What's Paul saying there? Paul's saying, My past was hindering me from truly knowing Jesus and realizing who he had created me to be and what he wanted to do. I needed to let go of my past. And he says, the stuff that I let go of, it's like manure. Come on, how many of you use manure in your garden? There's, there's like two hands went up, and the rest of you are like, hey, I don't touch that. Like, come on, he says, my past is like manure. And I thought about that. It's, his, our past is like manure. If we wallow in it, you're going to stink, and no one's going to want to be around you. Right? But if we deal with it appropriately, it'll cause things to grow in our lives. Come on, that's, that's the difference in overcoming your past. If you stay in your past, if you wallow in it, nobody wants to be around that because we're always running down and we're looking at our failures. But if we deal with our past rightly, it'll cause things to grow in our lives and to bear fruit. So Paul says it's all like manure. Uh, Jesus redeems our past to give us a heroic future. Later in that chapter, Paul says, one thing I do, I forget what is behind me. There's, there's some forgetfulness that God wants us to have regarding the stuff that happened in our past so that we won't listen to the voice of accuser. Uh, Paul realized that he couldn't let his past hold him back from being a hero in the future. I think it's amazing. Paul went back and preached to some of the same guys that were part of his ungodly, gross past. Come on. Have you ever been intimidated by going back and sharing what Jesus has done in your life with people who used to know you? I think Jesus wants to set us free from some of those hangups. Uh, there, there should be, like, even people that you're like, man, I can never look them in the face again after, after what we did and what we said and the, the things where we hung out together. You know, Jesus wants you to use even you, to reach those people. He will redeem our past to make us a hero for him. 
He left legalism behind. He embraced the grace of the gospel. And I think it was all because he let Jesus define who he was. Paul went from being the angry Saul that that persecuted Christians to being somebody that loved Jesus so much that he could turn around and say things like, I am righteous. I've received righteousness from Jesus Christ. I'm seated in heavenly places. Christ's power lives in me and dwells in me. Come on, who would have thought he could say all these things based on the past that he had? He says, I'm his beloved. Come on, there are things that we need to grab a hold of that we need to be confessing. Paul said, I have the mind of Christ. Come on, there was a point in time where he wanted to kill everybody that said they were a Christian, and he's turning around now in his life saying, I actually have the mind of Christ. I'm a believer. I think and behave exactly like him. I'm called and I'm chosen. And those are all places we can get to. And this week, I want to tell you, to be a hero, we have to overcome our past. And so what I'd like us to do is some point this week, I want you to sit down with Jesus in that whatever that looks like for you. If it's at your kitchen table, out on the back deck with your Bible and your coffee, in the car on the way to work because it's so busy and you can't fit it in anywhere else. I don't know where it is for you, but I want you to sit down with Jesus this week and ask him, Lord, is there some aspect of my past that you want me to let go of, that I need help overcoming? Is there something in my past that I've let it define me and it's holding me back from being a hero in the kingdom? And when, you, when he speaks to you, because I believe he will, he'll, he will be faithful to show up at whatever time and appointment you make with him. He'll show up and whatever he speaks to you, I want you to find at least one scripture that will help redefine who you are that will deal with your past, that will help you overcome it. You may have always thought you were a, f- a failure, and Jesus, you find a scripture that says you're the, the head and not the tail. He's put you on top. There may be something like that that you need to find, and, and just write it out and memorize it this week. Say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to believe what you've said about me rather than what the accuser's saying about me. And you'll be amazed how that will help you overcome your past. And you may, you may need to do that more than one time. How many of you have more than one thing in your past that you had to deal with ever in your life? There, there may be multiple times, but all I'm asking this week is make an appointment with Jesus to ask him for one thing. What's, what's one thing that I could let go and embrace what you've said about my life? And uh, you might need to repent of bad beliefs. You might need to start listening to different voices than the people you're having speak into your life right now. I don't know what it will look like. And it, as a bonus, you may find somebody else that you need to help them overcome their past. Maybe you need to encourage them and speak into their lives and remind them who they are in Christ, like we do on Sunday mornings here in this place. All right, that's your assignment this week. Just one thing that we're going to let go of. Let's go ahead and stand in this place this morning. Man, I, I just keep going back. It really struck me in that verse that we're singing, I don't have time to maintain these regrets. Let's Let's just pray about that for a second together. Lord, we come before you right now where there's been things in our past that we're just dwelling on. We can't get over them. We can't move on from them. We've been dwelling on those regrets, whether it's, it's wasted time or broken relationships or sinful things that we've done. Lord, I thank you that you have a plan for us that doesn't involve living in those regrets and spending our time there. And God, I ask right now that you would you would help us to grasp the truth of what you've done for us. Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to grasp the truth that you have set us free from our past. 
that you are the one that speaks over our lives and you define us. You call us your beloved. You call us your sons and daughters. Lord, let that be a truth that sinks deep down into the bedrock of who we are and let us build our lives on the truth, Lord God. God, I thank you for for freedom all over this room, for freedom from our past, that we could step into what you have for us. Lord, even if it sounds far-fetched or even silly or ridiculous to some people to say, I'm a hero for Jesus. Lord, I thank you that that's part of our identity, that you have transformed us, that you have taken us out of the kingdom of darkness. You've taken us from being mere men and you've put your spirit inside of us and you've called us to do heroic things for you. God, I thank you for your people right now. I thank you for the the people that we know, the places that we go, the sphere of influence that we have. Lord, help us to continue to be a light in those places. Help us to represent you well, Lord God. Let your life, even as as Paul said, that it's you living in us, Lord Jesus. Let that be true in every situation we go in. Let us be mindful that you are living your life through us. God, bless your people indeed. I thank you that we go from this place today, not in our own strength, not to our own plans, but we go in your power to a path that you have laid out before us. We just say that we love you, Lord Jesus. We honor you for what you're doing in our lives, and we ask that you would continue to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.